Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Loyalty, described as, do you care? And I care, and that's why I'm on this show. Comes a time, here we go. <laughs> I'm a sucker for O'Teal, man. I saw that same feeling that I have, that what he filled a void that I didn't even know existed. It feels so good to, as Ben said, to try to do something about an issue as opposed to complaining. If you can't help, don't hurt. If we could just all get out there and throw cream pops at each other, maybe things would, instead of bullets and <laughs> angry words, it would be better. When you stop laughing, you stop living. There's a worldwide surge in interest in mushrooms. It was deep, man. It's not that TM makes your mind quiet down there. It already is. We're just stuck up here. We've lost access. I'm jumping Jack Flash. Came out by the stones. So I thought, all right, perfect, man. I'm gonna drive, and I started driving through the neighborhood, and I got, I got a text from Mick Jagger. <laughs> People saying that you know what we do is non-essential. Well, playing those few gigs that yeah. you saw me at felt pretty essential to me. It wasn't like they were clapping from here. Is they were clapping from here. My view of things is that death, death is the last and best reward for a life well lived. Like you gotta, it's the strangest of places if you look at it right, you know? If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Welcome back to another episode of comes a time podcast. That's O'Teal. And that's Mike. You're this way. Hi, how are you, pal? I'm sweaty. I need to shower now. What a doozy of a <laughs> that podcast, was a push, man. That was a push-up of a... <laughs> Big Steve Big coming Steve, in. the third time. Hot. Yeah. yeah he, he called was, me. He was like, you know, I watched the other two podcasts and they're great, but I, I got something but, different I want to talk about. I want to... I was like, come on, brother. Let's do it, you know? And wow, he had to get that off his chest. I'm really glad and I'm in full agreement yeah, Steve's got keys to the house, man. Anytime he wants to come throw a party, he's more yeah. than welcome and he knows that. And and yeah. he's a steel trap of a of a he he uh, I'm blown away and so enamored and so jealous of his mind. And he, he remembers things, he remembers history, he remembers facts, he remembers like and he's and he, he yeah, he's got yeah. a lot. He always gets asked about the Grateful Dead. He always gets asked about the road he always gets. So I'm glad he wanted, he chose here to talk about other stuff, you know? Yeah. And he's been through so much yeah. like, you know, he, you're not going to put one over on him. No, no, no. You know, yeah. he's been checking stuff out since 65. 
Well, he's seen it all. And you know what? (laughs) Like living that life and being on the road and going from town to town and city to city and country to country and all that, you know, and, and being around the most talented people and being around the most, like, you know, the, the dead grab, like, like, what do you call it? Um, magnet or brought or pe- yeah, yeah. Like people I'm trying to think of what does a magnet pool? do? What does a magnet do? <laughs> a magnet attracts. attracts the dead attracted such like, smart people such like yeah. you know intrepid people such like visionary brilliant, people brilliant and bold minds <laughs> yeah and probably the craziest son of a bitches too you know but he got to see all of it and and to be able to steal yeah. trap memory all that and then put it through his own process and figure out his way i mean he's it's 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 like unbelievable to talk to we've talked about it in the past like we're talking to history books we're talking to yeah monuments we're talking to museums he's he's sounding the alarm yeah it's an alarm you should listen to yeah he's awesome Uh, when i when i see what him and bill walton both are talking about recently about what's going on in the country he's like hey man (laughs) he he did it once already you know he sees the cycle repeating because he he reads history and uh it's a good podcast you guys are gonna yeah yeah, I need to go jump in the pool, man. That was a ride. <laughs> <laughs> that was a ride. I love yeah, it. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, thank you, Steve. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, come over and join us on Patreon, everybody. Comes a time forward slash. No. Come over and join us at patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod uh, for a bonus episode each week and some extra content. And uh, we love you so much. Stay safe and uh, be kind to each other during these holidays. And no ways. Later. Actually, I'll tell you, no, that one's uh, Shakedown Street, and that one's uh, great. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, American Beauty. Nice, beautiful, beautiful. So, what's up, man? How you doing? We're glad to have you back. So great to see you, Steve. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, I. I know I've been on the show twice now and through the wonders of modern technology, I was watching YouTube and then it came up something about me on something else. And then the next thing was our first podcast together and it was good. It was great. You know, the three of us interacted and it was nice and there were good stories. And then the second one, was okay too, but it was too much similarity for me. I, I didn't like that. And it made me, you know, it's like a thing when you don't ever see your own image in a mirror or something. I saw something there. <laughs> and so I decided I was going to do something today. It fired me up. And so I called O'Teal the next day. It was like I was fired up. And I said, please give me a shot one more time because I owe it to you guys. <laughs> do one that's going to blow your mind. Because I'm going to give you guys an exclusive of things I never <laughs> talked about before. This isn't yes. going to be just Jerry. This is an inside thing. Completely. Nice. And oh, it's boy. not about Jerry standing on the stage. We're in front of the world with his guitar. It's not about any of that. It's about our lives in a whole other level, way down deep that nobody really knows about because we never talked about it. 
Nice. And it's something that has to do with everything that you guys are involved with. And it's fired me up right now. When you look at what's going on in this world, man, yeah, there's man. somebody's have to start standing up and be yeah. counted now. And yep. that's something yep. that Jerry was a very brave guy in his own way. Yeah. Even though he always told me, I said, Jerry, you're Leo the lion. He goes, Steve, I'm more like the wizard of Oz, the coward. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. That's why he, he really identified with that character. And our lives, from the very moment we met, were wrapped up in the arts and what we knew about yeah. culture. So when I first met Jerry, we talked about movies and songs and songwriting yeah. and everything deep. And then Hunter, when Ramrod and I moved Jerry and Hunter, I met Hunter and Jerry together. Then Hunter and I also had this cultural inter interaction and a thing that he was able to talk to me and I was able to talk to him. And so I was like, uh, see, the other guys on the crew were all very intelligent guys, but they didn't have the schooling that I had for being a city kid growing up in New York City. Yeah. When I went to yeah. school in the 50s in New York, you learned a, a, it was like going to college, I realized, anywhere else, you know, because yeah. I was a dropout. I was a juvenile delinquent. I was a street kid. But I still had this mind that f it drove me on to read about history and yeah. all about um, current events and what was going on around me 
everything geopolitical and everything that had to do with science and nature and arts. And so there I come as this wild street kid. It fits so perfect for me to meet Ramrod. And now him and those guys, they came from Pendleton way up in in Eastern Oregon. It wouldn't be anything Uh. but the Grateful Dead would have brought us together in that moment. And the reason how everything happened from that moment on and my whole life was always like a destiny thing. See? Mm -hmm. And so Jerry and Hunter would have these amazing cultural intercourses of talking about things all the time. We did a lot of discourse and talking. And I was always a great talker in that way. Now, I want to uh, diverse for a second here. And Otiel, you're going to love what I'm going to tell you right now, because I just discovered this. I studied history my whole life and been fascinated by it. I think my father instilled it in me as a, as a small child, he, yeah. seven years old. He took me to Washington and took me everywhere, you know. And and so I learned what all those documents were. And, and we went to the archives and we went to the Smithsonian and we went to everywhere. And in those days, this is 1957. It was different. It was yeah. not like it is now out there yeah. on that mall. It was really they had stuff like Grant Saddle. They had stuff like a, the skull of a World War One soldier. Wow. Uh, Bullet had gone into his skull right in the middle and he lived for another 20 years, you know, walked <laughs> off the field, stuff like that. That would yeah. You know, and they had, uh, you know, uh, George Washington's spurs and boots, things that put me into history deep under my yeah. nails. And mm-hmm. then I meet the Grateful Dead. And here is a dream come true. You get to go around the world now and you get to go with these guys. And I want to tell yeah. everybody something today. If anybody who ever sees this thing is going to learn that the Grateful Dead was American patriots to our heart and soul. Every yeah. one of us, man, yeah. every stinking one of us. We were not. We we also were we were against what we saw. We we yeah. had to suffer with Vietnam. We lost friends and brothers, and 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 the guys had to go in the army. Jerry was in the army, and Hunter was in the army, and yeah. and uh, Mickey was in the Air Force. You know, everybody yeah. knew the sacrifices we had to make, and and the rest of us were in jail half the time. The crew guys, you know, so we we had trouble with the law, and then they wanted to put us in the army, and then we were two drugs kept us out. It's it's ironic, and the thing is that then. When you realize that you've grown, because our, the people that raised us, now Jerry and Phil were the oldest, you know, Phil was 10 yeah. years older than me. I was the youngest. So we encompassed that, that generation. So we were raised by the guys who fought World War II and then yeah. all of our uncles and everybody around us. That's all you heard when you were a kid, the war. And now yeah. what's up? Mm-hmm. So I got to tell you something. When this country was founded, Sorry to get so excited, guys. No, man. He was founded. Benjamin (laughs) Franklin was, we were so lucky to have that man. He didn't start off being perfect. He had a lot of prejudices. He had slaves for a while. Slaves were all over in America, in the North and the South, before the country was formed. And then as the country formed, people started changing things and, and having different ideas in the South and the North began to form. But also the British tyranny drove Americans together, the colonies together, to um, resist the tyranny of England, right? So then after a long, hard fight, man, a long, hard fight, comes the real fight now, the politics of this country. A lot of people don't know this, but Benjamin Franklin was a... He was so genius a man and so worldly because he had been around the world in France and in some other places in Europe. (laughs) 
and, and he had a great way of, of writing and expressing himself. So this is amazing. He, they were trying to figure out how do we form a government? How do we do this? What do we start with here even? And a lot of people don't know this, that Jefferson and Franklin got together with some other guys in the delegations and they talked about something and they modeled our government partially after the British parliamentary systems, very, and Rome. It all goes back to Greece, where democracy started in Greece, you know, long ago. But the the idea of a Senate and and a representative of the people coming together is democracy, the voice of the people, demo uh, in yes. Greece. And yes. so what they did, what, what, what they studied was, was that they knew all about that, but they went and to the Iroquois nation, yep. the Iroquois did it perfectly. See, they were, they were all across upstate New York and they put together all these tribes, the Utica, the, the Oneida, the, the Mohawks, all these different tribes in a, in a confederation together. And they had councils and they worked out their problems and they didn't war against each other. And they stayed tight like that. Wasn't it, it called was the, so uh, the Iroquois Convention? Excuse Isn't that what they me? called it? The then confederation of the Iroquois tribes. They took the name of the strongest tribe, but they yeah. were all also individually they had their beautiful longhouses where they would meet. And so yeah. Franklin studied their ideas and he put that into what we called in this country, the Articles of Confederation. Yeah. And that became the first thing they tried and they met and they met over it. They went back and forth and a thing came up and this is, this is going to blow your minds. It blew my mind. People, I mean, you don't learn this stuff unless you dig and dig into history. Franklin was realizing the weakness of the Articles of Confederation where they didn't, the states were a lot of power, but there was no, they didn't really want to answer to a federal government. And so the Southerners wanted to keep slaves and they were no way going to not do it. And their reason, their reason is disgusting. Their reason was that this is what they said at the convention. Well, we're, we're not going to be out in the hot sun working and doing that. (laughs) These people are made for that. They're built that way. This is the hubris these people had in their minds. They didn't even think about the humanity around them in that way. They were only knew what they knew. Mm. And yet, but Franklin's mind was so amazing. He wondered, how are we going to get this settled? How are we going to let people have their way? Now, he came up with the compromise of the House of Representatives to go by population and then each state having two senators. That was a big compromise. It really took a lot to get that worked out. Then the slavery thing was bugging Franklin. So he wrote an essay, but he didn't, he wrote it in a different way. He wrote the essay saying that he was a Muslim prince in Tripoli. Now, Tripoli is Libya. And so the pirates of Tripoli were famous in that time. When you went near their waters, they snatched your ships and they stole the women and they enslaved the men. The women went to harems and men went, if, if they, if whoever they were, they went to hard labor. Yeah. And, and so he turned it around and he said, Oh, I, I am the, you know, he called him the Sheikh Abu Dazi, something. I don't remember the name exactly, but he wrote this letter and he published it everywhere. And it said this, that, it, Oh yes. 
We would not work in the hot sun, but our white captives are perfect for that. They do it. They're, they don't even complain because we take the whip to them if they do. And if they fucking women complain, they get killed and the men get killed. We don't play with that. And they're in chains their whole life in chains. And then all of a sudden, the North, the, a lot of the states realized what was happening and they made a compromise. OK, you could keep it below the Mason-Dixon line. and so. That just blew my mind to understand how deep they were thinking about everything, you know, and trying <laughs> to get it right. Now, they didn't get it right. And so what that left us was America that had this wound. And I was lucky to go everywhere in this country. I've been everywhere, every nook and cranny and and, and accepted in great ways. And I've met people in Alabama that I, I love them, man. They're great people of all kinds. I've met people in every state of the union that are friends. I know that people are good people. They're all good Americans, you know. But then you get these other things that come in, these other factors. Yeah. And it's money, too. It's, it's money. That drives. The money and the greed has taken <laughs> over our country and and. The heartlessness. You see, we cared about each other for a long they time. They go together, though. Greed and heartlessness can't be extricated from each other. Because <laughs> that's why you always hear is, oh, it's just business. Which means it's just war. That's war. There's no, you have to that's be right. heartless if you're going to be right. greedy. It's, 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 it's terrible because it, <laughs> what, what we were so, not stupid, but we in the Grateful Dead, we we fuck, we were became hippies, you know, and so this whole hippie thing came and oh, you know what? We we knew all about politics and all this stuff that I'm talking about. We knew it, and it was so heavy in those days with the same yeah. shit happening. We lived through the civil rights. We lived Nixon. through all these other oh, changes. Man. Watergate and, and Watergate and everything, and we were in the middle of a lot of this shit. And then yeah. um, the FBI was always yeah. after us because of Owsley and drugs, <laughs> and they would follow yeah. us around and send informants on us and the hell's angels brought informants that they didn't no even know about. and you oh, think yeah, something? No, we knew all about it but i'll tell you guys something we, were tell, two Americans. we didn't hate the fbi we knew they were trying to figure out what was going on and we don't yeah. care we, we knew we knew um what's his name at that Jack time hoover. Or Jack hoover was a sick person and he was always hating the hippies and always hating blacks and Gee, always Gordon hating Liddy. anybody that wasn't no, because he was a pervert. He was a complete freak. And so that's what everyone is, a freak. And this is what Jerry and Hunter <laughs> teach me, that everyone's a fucking messed up freak. And yeah. so we then, that is what art's about. You know, Mike, you go yeah. on stage and you do comedy. And one time you and me are going to do a comedy show together. I thought about yeah. that. Because Let's we'll get it. out there and we'll do it the way it is. You know, you can't prepare for it. You have to go out there and put your life out on the line, stick your neck out. I know. Yeah, so when you That's do great. that in showbiz in any way or an artist or anybody, you are doing something to, for the betterment of the world and the betterment of society and, and people in general. Because there's so much, there's, everything is a, a, a battle between good and evil. It really is. Yes. And good and evil can take people's hearts, which is what we're talking about. The greed for money and the, and the being yeah. materialistic. Jerry never cared about money. That was something yeah. I noticed you about him tell. right away. You he cared tell. about it because we all need it. You know, your wife yeah. wanted, the kids need to get children. Sure, he yes. wanted to provide for them. But he cared about everybody else. He would tell me, 
pay that, you know, after the end of the show, you give that guy a little more, you know, he, yeah. you know, he's a musician and he doesn't ever work, man. And, yeah. and you know, to have that heart. And you're not now. That don't even exist in, in showbiz now, man. No. You know, uh, it, does, the, it does. It does. Huh? It does. Uh, I'm trying to keep it alive. You know, well, good. I, I do that myself. I'm like, man. I, I've been on, on, on a down. lot of levels of corporate showbiz, you know. Sure. I don't yeah, yeah not corporate. corporate so, yeah. You know, but when, I, when you see the ticket prices, when you see the, yeah, the way yeah. everybody uh, is trying to make up for things and inflate everything right now, there's more greed than ever. There would be no inflation if everybody would calm down. <laughs> and like Jerry always used to tell me, something Jerry said just popped in my head. He would say, there would always be the national debt. They're showing it, showing it, showing it. He'd say, Who's a, who do we owe it to? Let's wipe it out. Forget it. Start <laughs> over. You know, we, we're so hard on ourselves with this machinery and the industrial revolution yeah. changed everything. But what I want to get to this point now, I know I'm talking my ass off and I'll shut up in a minute. No, go, keep go, going. Go, keep go, going. Go. But I'm fired up about this. And, you know, uh, like Hunter was such a deep intellectual, okay, and such a great human being of, on every level and a humble person also. And he would read people like Marcel Proust. I don't know if yeah. you guys have ever heard of him, but I yeah. didn't until he explained to me about how he would read Remembrance of Things Past. It's a book where Proust wrote about, he said there's a chapter or two on the wallpaper in the room, you know, and, and the detail wow. of life, every detail. And when Hunter told me that he read that whole book, I said, wow, I, I don't think I could do that, Bob. How did you get through that? And he, he told me, he said, because life is detail like that, man. And he could see that art thing and explain it yeah. to me, you know. And then yeah. when we traveled around everywhere we went, you know, Jerry was an artist. And so he loved art. And we also would go to visit places all around where we knew there were statues and there were things that were rare and, yeah. and artful buildings. And the, even in every city in America in those days, you know, and they're still like that. There were still a lot of older buildings. You could see the architectural changes of America and how it grew. And so the Hunter wrote the songs of America. I start yeah. thinking about how he wrote and it blew my mind when he wrote Uncle John's band. The first days are the hardest days. Don't worry anymore. Yeah. You know, because when uh, life is like when life is like easy street, there's danger at your door. Yeah. And and that was a brilliant thing to, for, uh, for me to learn at that time. Because then you don't get too cocky about anything yep. when, when a line like that goes into your heart. Right. And when, and right. Then, when he would come across like that, and I would get to be there to see their their songs born out of words yeah. like that, and 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 amazing musical talents, that was a gift. And so yeah. now uh, I only pay it back. My radio show, I got a radio show. I could, I'm going to do this on my radio, so I do it anyway. But I, I just wanted to give you guys a shot to hear about some of this stuff. Thank now, you. Phil, Phil was an amazing intellectual of all kinds, but also he liked to hang and be wild like we were, too, you know, and, and take drugs and do everything and enjoy life. And uh, so none of us voted until Ronald Reagan became president. We, we, oh, we all, yeah. that was it. For us. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> and we finally said, we're all, and we all started voting after that and making people vote with us and getting our audience organized that way. It was a, it was a laziness <laughs> on our part because we thought if you just yeah. dropped out, drop out of the system, yeah. it's going to go away. It doesn't go away. No. It'll come and put its big old hand on your throat pretty quick. 
Yeah. Like I, I got Grizzly Peak, you know, in the, and we're pot. It's doing very well all over, you think? Now, if this election had just gone a whole different way, that just <laughs> yeah, it totally would be going the other way. Trust right, me, yeah. you hear what they say and listen to the words of those people. They say they're coming after drugs. Yeah. Give them a chance. Let them go. Let those wild dogs go. But I think they want to go after gay marriage to- first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they, they want to go after gay marriage first because <laughs> oh, they yeah, like to smoke are, weed. They are- they smoke weed too. I live in Florida and they just legalize weed. <laughs> they <Yeah>. smoke weed. <laughs> Florida's going to change again. Like Florida, I've, I've spent a lot of time there. I know Florida's <laughs> wild as the wind. It's the wild <laughs> west. Right yeah. now, you pull a couple of strings this way, it looks this way. You pull a couple <laughs> right. of lights that way, it looks this way. Yeah. And there's things that are happening with people getting lied to and, yeah. and pushed around. There's no question about yeah. that. Yeah. But I want to tell you guys something. Okay. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but we were American youth. Everybody in the Grateful Dead, we grew up in the 40s and 50s as our youthful years yeah. and then the 60s. Yep. Yeah. We, we shot guns. We all owned guns. Yeah. And we got together, but we didn't shoot at people. We shot, we, we were yeah. called pranking, is what we called it. And we Plank would go and be, you know, have fun on, on a barbecue day. We'd all get together, everybody, Jerry. Had guns, Phil, you name it, Pigpen, everybody. But we weren't, that was what we were raised with. And, and yeah, you were cowboys. Because you see, that was one thing. But then also all the guys, all the servicemen that came back still had weapons yeah, weapons around. And you'd see, you'd go to any kid's house in the 50s, they'd open a drawer and show you, here's my old man's gun. You know, yeah. his Colt commander, he carried it all over Europe. You know, we would taught not to touch him or go near him you know we knew the difference but um it was a world of guns we knew it but we didn't no one was gonna if we had to fight if we had beef we were taught to use our fists and uh, that's not the best thing either because when words ran out we we fought but our fathers didn't come and say oh don't do that they let us work it out you see and and then we we got to be friends if you fought a guy he was your friend for the rest of your life yeah yeah it's a crazy thing and um, instead of being dead in the grateful dead it happens sometimes you know where but we never brought guns on the road never ever ever and then as the years went on and we had families they took locked up gone out of sight nobody ever needed them around yeah What's happening now in this country is so twisted and wrong. It's getting me angry to a point where I see the news every day and they're killing children and they're killing people that would never even expect them to come in. They, they come in in the most yep. sneaky place, in a synagogue yeah. where you're praying, in, a, in a, uh, a gay nightclub where people are dancing and, and hugging and kissing or whatever they're doing. Or didn't somebody just in- hit a Walmart? An employee at a Walmart. Right. Shot up a Walmart right. while people were shopping for Thanksgiving, you I know, mean, uh, like, supplies. You know, and and yeah. you've seen Bill Walton's post lately, haven't you? Whoa. I sure have. I just I did saw, a thing with him. Yeah, I saw so right up onto his porch in his backyard, just like yeah, man, full. Of, it's very dystopian. Right. What's I, happening I right now? Why that happens? I'll explain that to you. A lot of people don't realize this. This is why we started voting against Reagan. All over California and all over America, there were these hospitals that we used to laugh at when I was a kid. That's the nut house. That's the nut yeah, house. That's, that's the, hospital, the state hospital. That's the federal hospital. And they had them all over California. 
So yeah. people were sick or in trouble in their mind, they got a place to go. You take yeah. them there. And they would they would keep hold you for, for observation. He did away with all that in California. Oh. Then every state, oh, you save all that money, they shut it down. So where'd they go? They went to the streets. They yeah. went out in the streets. And then now we got problems with, with young, disoriented yeah. youths picking up these machine guns and fucking getting them anywhere they want. <laughs> when they're aged without any questions asked and look what they do. Uh, there's, it's it's going to get bad. It's going to yeah, get bad. It is going to get, it is getting well, bad already. It says here, the New York times put out a thing today that says there have been at least 606 mass yeah. shootings in the U S yeah. so far this year. So yeah. that's the minus the 31 days of uh, it's basically two a day, basically around two a day. This year, a mass right. shooting, mass like, shootings. Wow, and that sucks because you get used to that. Then, right? And that's Desensitized. That, that's the problem. Day yeah. after day right. of seeing these horrible things, you say, "Why?" In Man, school, I was in the store. Huh? I was in the store not long, maybe a couple of months ago. Right, and it wasn't a loud bang or anything. <laughs> you know, something had recently happened. I forget what it was. Yeah, but I was just yeah. in the store, and like you know, little voices in your head. Sometimes it just yeah. was like, if guns started being fired right now, what would you do right this second? Yeah, and I'm thinking like back door, like meat locker. What am I? Where's the bathroom? Like, you know, what I mean, I'm just like, wow, I have to sit here and think about this right now. Because what if I'm in here and I got my two kids with me who are four and seven? I got to know. I'm like, I got to get the hell out of here. You know, it's, it's really crazy, man. It's well, crazy. That's why they, they had that thing. They said, uh, run, fight, uh, run uh, something and fight was the last one. Run, hide, or fight. They're yeah. not saying forget about that. It doesn't work, you know. And, and it didn't work in Uvalde, Texas when there was – 45 cops out there, man, with machine guns too. They were scared. They were told they were scared to go in or whatever. I'll never understand that. Never yeah, for my man. life will I understand how they could do that. But they weren't really you, there are, cops. There they just had people, the uniforms, the equipment. Yeah. You know. well, that's what they said. But they, if you look at the films, they, they, even then, they when they had things, they, you see, a hero doesn't need the armor. No. The guy in, 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 in the Colorado situation, he jumped on that guy, and he then other went. people went in. A lady starts putting her her high heels high on the heel. guy's face, and yep. you see that's how it works. And there yeah. are certain people that are not going to run, and certain people yeah. are not going to hide. They're yeah. going to jump yeah. that guy, and then we've had yeah. a few of those happen too. And and that's when when it works. It doesn't work when everybody packs guns. So man, it's going to get a lot of crossfire. Yeah, it is getting close to that. Yeah. And, these, and the people who, let me tell you, I got to say one thing about history again. George Washington, the father of our country, we were all raised with this myth about the Minutemen. They all were so, we were told, oh yeah, from Lexington and Concord came the farmers with their muskets off the, off the shelf, man, and uh, off the mantelpiece, and they formed there and were ready to fight the British. Not quite, not quite. It took two or three years. You got to remember in those days, those were skirmishes that started. And then yeah. Washington built the Continental Army. He built an army of trained soldiers. And, and, and he had guys like Kosciuszko, who was a Polish 
general, come here and train our troops. He had German guys like Steuben, General von Steuben up in the north of uh, New York State, trained the guys along the Mohawk Valley. And these people came together as an army. They were, they were trained as soldiers. The militiamen who came from all these other places, they dressed like Indians. They went out there and they fought dirty. And, and Washington wrote in his diary clearly, he said, give me more continental soldiers. I'll win this war, but I can't do it with the militiamen. They, they mm. mutilate the British dead. They, they yeah. commit atrocities on everybody and they're uncontrollable. They're not disciplined. They're not mm. an army. And yeah. that's what we have, you know, when people think that those kind of things are the way to go, that's not the American way. Yeah. That's not right. the way. You get your gun, like in World War II, guys after Pearl Harbor, they were they lined up and they went there. Yeah. You know what, you, when you were talking about voting, Steve, I, I've always thought about the thing that I, I saw that Jerry said once, and it was like choosing the lesser of, of an evil is still choosing an evil, right? But it's so hard when like, you have to vote defensively. You have to vote defensively yeah. when it's like, it's, if, if you're going to vote and you don't love either side or the side you do love is getting ignored by the mainstream media or by the, you know, yeah. th then you have to go like, well, what's the defensive choice, right? Like what's the That's best what choice for defense right there? You know, he said that, and I know he said it, he said it all the time. But he was living in that time that that quote was from the early seventies. And yeah. he, was living in a time where we were still blindfolded. We were protected. We grew up in the most beautiful utopian country at that time. Uh, it was payback to all the veterans, man. They had houses. They, yeah. That's why the Grateful Dead were created. And we were able to, to say, fuck it, man. We get to party now. We get yeah. to make up for everything. But my theory goes into deep magic, too. And so you got to put each person in their time and place. And Jerry, sure, oh, of course, of course. Yes. There, you know, so he didn't. He, he now would say a very different thing when he saw the dangers at our door now, man. It wasn't yeah. like that then. Politics was so different until it, they made it a war. They changed something. It used to be that when Democrats and Republicans went to Washington, the idea was they became the government together. Right. Not that started from some bad things in media and it's always been there. Hearst tried to do it in the 30s and, yeah. and 20s. William Randolph he started Hearst. wars. This is yeah. not new stuff. And no. then just copied him. And they did the yeah. same thing. And they poisoned. When you lie to the people, it's poison. It's well, it's like, all the propaganda against marijuana and stuff, too, you know? And it was a war. They called it the war on drugs. Yep. So we're going to put and that kind of money special. behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean that against you. I love what Jerry said. And I think about that a lot. And I just no, think I it sucks you. because when it, like it, when both options stink, sometimes it's well, like, I bet, I bet in the eighties and nineties, he was probably voting defensively. Like after the Reagan thing, oh, yes. you know, oh, you totally after, after yeah. Reagan, you're just well, like, what? I, I don't remember when all those people hit you the streets, I mean? man, when Reagan closed all those, uh, insane asylums is what I called them. I don't know if that's politically correct anymore. Well, yeah. But they were all on the streets. And I'm from Washington, D.C. And I remember going to my mom, like, Mom, what is going on? There's like crazy people are, are everywhere just on the streets. And she was like, well, Reagan closed all the places. You know, it's just like, wow. It was an overnight trans, uh, transformation. And now it's like that on Steroids. I mean, that was in the 80s, well, see, this <laughs> early 80s, part, you know, 
the arts and everything that Jerry was about. I, I was going to go into about how movies affected our lives. And yeah. so you all know the story of It's a Wonderful Life, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those it so clearly. You were either going to go to Potterville and make it into Potterville, let those guys, the money lending wrong people who want to take everything, let it happen that way, or you let the, whole, the building and loan society go where everybody owns their houses together. Yeah. And, and they're scared of that stuff, you know, but that's what really we're based on. All of us, we need each other. We're not, we're, we're, we're just as much an animal that needs each other as anybody. If we're isolated, it doesn't work. Working together is the best way. Yeah. And so Jerry would say that he started calling America when Reagan took over. We're in Potterville now. And it started uh, before that. You see, the Kennedys yes. were not yeah. perfect. They were criminals in a lot of ways, yeah. too. But when the they bootleggers, were bootleggers, right? The daddy. Oh, they go back to big like all those guys are legit now. The Bronfman's with Seagram's. Mm. They well, were gangsters. They were bootleggers. Uh, their father, Joe Kennedy, was made uh, ambassador to England. And he he sent bottled and bond Johnny Walker to the whole mafia here. It landed in New York with my yeah. grandfather distributed for him. But the thing <laughs> is, uh, we knew he was a crook. And then when his, his kids were, you know, and his family were, were killed because they double crossed the bad people. You got involved wow. with the mob. They're yeah. eventually going to get you. Now yeah. I tell people over and over again, watch the Godfather and you'll see yeah. exactly what happened in America. Exactly. Michael stands with his wife and he tells her, we're going to get legit in five years. In five years. We're, we're <laughs> turned into lawyers. We're turned into senators now. Now, yeah. now you see that yeah. the, and Reagan was the first front for a true mob backing. Yeah. And, and so Trump, Trump is like but the was, fucking ultimate. He didn't know what he was doing. They used him like a puppet. They he was an actor. Like criminal. Now we got to the true criminal in there, yeah. finally. Yeah. Mm. Because well, they're temporary employees, right? They're they're temporary employees. They're they're there for four, maybe eight years. And I then tell who, I tell you who was not temporary. Bush Senior was slick, man. Bush Senior was head of the CIA. Then vice oh, president, then president, and his son was president. Yeah, dude, it was not. He was not the legacy. same type of player like a yeah. Carter or an Obama or a Trump or you know Clinton. Clinton's well, pretty Clinton thick. They go back. I heard the Clintons and Bushes went back to England, <laughs> but I don't know. If that's, nobody but, was, yeah. you know, nobody was saying that we couldn't all get along. It was yeah, just totally. People try to pull in different directions, so different ways, and they don't even understand what the consequences are going to be from doing stuff like that. And so it really is true. We got now to where we had a crooked president in there to just try to undo all that. Look what it's going to take us now, man. And I don't care now. It's time to stand up for yeah. truth the, and reality and, and the American way. It's we the hard thing. Much as any of them, we got right. just as our people died here and lived here just as much as they did. Yep. You know, uh, it's the difficulty is in unifying people that, you know, when you look at the income inequality and how it's just been astronomical since Reagan. Right now, they take a, a, a good portion of that money. Billions, trillions are spent making sure that we don't realize we should get along. I mean, you always think about it. It's like, wow, they had this thing, the 1%. It's like, well, there's 99% of us and one of them 
why is this so hard? Like, you know, if we all stop shopping at Walmart for Walmart for five days, literally or less, the whole game could change. Right. But there's so many people. There's so much money spent on keeping us divided. So we'd rather have somebody to blame than actually figure out what's really going on and blame the right people. We're blaming horizontally instead of vertically. The 1% up are up there in a very small amount and they're, they're, they're not lazy and they're not dumb. They spend a lot of money, time and energy making sure that we stay divided. You know, it's a hard thing to because beat the that tribalism. Class, a strong middle class <laughs> is strong. And, and, the, and the places that have that right. have always beat and And we had that Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, went from that oh that's that's communism though that's communist you know now that's what they turned it into now having a strong middle class is socialism i'm like that's capitalism good long-term capitalism that was aggressive capitalism see when the wall fell we didn't have communism to balance it anymore and a lot of people don't know that the moscow red cross in 1917 during the first world war the russian revolution started and they left the war and they had their own war in russia and and it's now been proven that wall street bankrolled the Bolshevik <laughs> revolution. It, was a, it came down to a civil war in Russia between the white Russians, the Bolsheviks, and the Reds. And they backed the Reds, and the Reds won. And so there was communism of the worst kind for a while. But it wasn't ever the real, like, not like Marx wrote it. Marx, Marx wrote it for a strong middle class, really. Yes, look, any, any man-made system, money can corrupt. It's like it doesn't matter. Capitalism, communism, socialism, this ism, that ism. Money can corrupt it. I mean, slavery is the ultimate form of capitalism, just the cheapest labor. Uh, You know, it's that vampire capitalism. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it's, but it's a tough thing because those few people have had generations, hundreds of years, millennia at manipulating the poor and keeping them against each other. Like you said, if you give everybody a good job, reasonable health care, a cheap flat screen, a cheap meal, everybody's fine. You can have the clan living over here and the nation of Islam living over there and everybody's fine because everybody got a job, food on the table, their kids. We could have gone on like that, O'Keel, but I'm with you 100 percent. They started playing dirty on one side and they went to push it so far as to take away checks and balances. This is not good for America. America's yeah. based on that handshake agreement of checks and balances. But they played that they they tipped it on both sides though. Clinton deregulated the banks. Of course. Clinton, well, Clinton deregulated the FTC, right? Yeah. So everybody went for the money, and you need that money from them to run. You always got to raise them money. They say, what are they spending more than half their time raising money? Yeah. The rest of the time stealing, like, <laughs> serving, <laughs> being yeah. public servants. These are some rich ass public servants, man. Mm. I didn't know. It's, yeah, it's hard, man. It's it, right. when everybody sells out. It's like, man, it's frustrating. But I'm with you at the, the solution is still. For everyone, if we can get everyone to realize you are the 99 percent, 
You could sit on your hands. If we all go, we're going to sit on our hands for five days. The whole game will change because you know what? It interrupts the flow of their freaking money. And that's the one thing they can't take. We could change Walmart in five days. We could change a lot of stuff in five days. Amazon. I mean, the Amazon conditions, people can't poop. How much that's like, you know. That's like a that's like some slave shit. You can't go take well, a dump. What, like what you yeah. know what? Unions were the balance to slavery and they had to be so tough, the unions, to get by. And that was what happened, you know. But then money was, corrupted them. Money corrupted them. They, <laughs> you know, it's like ah they, it's always the same. Workers get spoiled. My dad told me yeah. as a, he was big mm-hmm. in the teams. He told me, he said, Watch, oh, we're giving them everything. Then they one day they'll be spoiled. And sure enough, guys didn't want to come to work. He said, Can't get fired. You gotta have heart. Yeah, it's you like tenure. It's like getting miles of heart to live. That's true, and man. to do all this. You can't That's give true. up every day. You gotta wake up and, and get out there and and keep pushing because otherwise you seem rolled over by something. Yep. I mean, you see it swirling like these tent cities, man. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at Smart Wool. For more than 25 years, Smart Wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. I have just was on tour just doing dates with my band. St. Louis, like, where did we go? Everywhere I went, you know, in the hotel, I go walking. I put on my flip flops, I go walking. And everywhere I felt scared. And I was like, and another thing that was weird, I was like, I can't wear flip flops. I'm looking at something, I'm like, I slipped in something. I was like, wow, was that human feces I just slipped in? Uh, And man, it did a number on my brain, and I just went back to the room. I cleaned off my sandals. I was like, you can't wear sandals. You can't wear flip flops. You got to wear shoes. And yeah, now, it's like, you moved, it's if, like you moved to New York. Well, if I got to run, if I've got, I got a zombie over here, a meth zombie starts chasing me. You know, <laughs> it would not, be worse. Like, I, I always thought it would be better to build cabins or, 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 or rows of, of small. They did it during the earthquake in San Francisco and they put San Francisco in all these temporary homes and they had it controlled. Right. You have to have some security there because people are people. But we got all these empty buildings, tons of empty buildings sitting here that people could live in. (laughs) Some people are squatting in them and like Detroit, outside of Detroit and stuff. We're in a heartless place now, man. We're back in the place we were before the Depression again. People don't realize that. You know why all the farmers love Franklin Roosevelt? Because he he did everything to get their them back on their feet, man. Right. When it was nature that blew the topsoil away. It was crazy yeah. things they did, thinking that there was a never-ending topsoil in the plains. It wasn't like <laughs> that. It was wrong science in that way. But they yeah. they didn't listen, and and so he then saved their lives with relief and everything. And 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 people were ready to work. You know now, yes, people want to work. Yeah. What reason why our, our vegetables are up is because these people won't let the workers in to pick them. Americans don't pick 
the vegetables. They don't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I still knew white sharecroppers that actually did that stuff. Yeah. Man, I met them in my travels. Levon Helm's family. That was Levon's people. Levon Helm. And, you know, uh, other people that I know, man, that, that, that they're, they made it by showbiz. They got in there and yeah. got away from it. Dude, the singer in my band and O'Teal and the Peacemakers from, what was it, 2000, let's say two on, uh, Paul Hinton. His parents, he's from Cleveland, Tennessee, and his parents were both preachers. They were like, or his dad was a preacher, the star preacher when he was 16. Just super Southern accent. He would say, man, we're country's cow shit, you know? And so I remember asking, asking him, I was like, because I assumed I lived in Alabama for 18 years and I lived in the deep South since, you know, for the last 40, 35. And uh, I remember asking Paul, I said, man, I hate to stereotype anyone, but I just kind of assumed coming from D.C. that anybody over a certain age that's white down here is probably racist. You know, I was like, how are your parents not racist? I met them. I hung with them. She cooked incredible breakfast for us where she made six, uh, five different kinds of syrup from scratch. You know, <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know there were five different kinds of syrup, you know? And he said, well, man, my parents were in the fields picking cotton with black people or picking whatever they were picking. Yeah. He said, so they were never, they were, we were all treated kind of the same, you know? And music. I was just like, wow, man. And he ended up doing music to, you know, <laughs> Because they went into the church. Hunter wrote sea shanties and he, he gave them to me and he wanted me to teach them to the crew when we used to put up the wall of sound because we had we used to haul them up with line and block. The other guys wouldn't get into it, but it was lift that bail kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And sea shanties and, and those work, work songs, songs have always been with the people. <laughs> yeah. yes. And everybody worked together. In the Depression, yeah. you know, there was still a lot of hate, man. Mm. Always blacks yeah. had to be on the bottom of the pile. Because, well, the yeah. Indians have probably had it worse than the Indians had it had it first. Yeah, okay, but you know when uh, that hatred runs deep, it has to be yeah. ripped. It has to be put in and exposed in the light, and that has to start. be educated out. So, there people are, are not. When you talk about the people in the South, they aren't like their ancestors were. They're trying to be better. People in Germany yeah. aren't like the Nazis. Some of them are. Of course, there's some. Yep. There's of course, there's some. It's like that. You can't. We're going to live with that forever. You can't do that. You, you know, that's it's just people. People are people. Look at but, African governments like corrupt, like Mobutu or Nigeria, where my people are from. It's one of the most corrupt governments on earth. They sold out to the oil companies. They sold their own people out like that. You know, it's like a very small group of people are doing extremely well and the rest of the people are like, you know, it's, it's, it's human nature and it is a, it's an eternal battle. Eternal. You know, well, the thing is that we don't. It was that white man conquering the world, and then the industrial revolution. There was a time when in Nigeria and in Africa there were great civilizations, and yeah. they had oh, cities, and they took yeah. care of each other and fed each other and had water yeah. and everything they needed. Then the white yeah. man comes and he destroys the systems around. We can, yeah. The white men put in a sewer system in cities where it wasn't needed. They didn't know how to run it when they left, you know. And so they always that they make everybody feel like they're stupid or something or not as smart yeah. as 
when really they had these things way before set up. Aqueduct. <laughs> They, they were doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, that whole idea of manifest destiny kind of like blew me away. Like when you learned about that, it's like, like, what the fuck? Seriously? That's, like this that's is just Dick such Cheney. bullshit. That's Dick yeah. Cheney. If we yeah. win, then I guess we were right. Well, it's like Dylan said, no with God on our did, side, did we... right? Like everybody yeah. thinks they have God on their side. And it's, but the thing is that scares me a lot now, Steve, is that yeah. like when you look at what the dead and with you guys and with the fans and all the way through the years of that itinerancy of moving through the country and you get to meet people and you get to learn stories and you get to realize, Oh, this is reality. This is everybody's got a different story. Every day leads up to this day. Like it says in black Peter, you know, nowadays people can find their silo and block yeah. every other thing out and call that the truth. And it's, you're operating from a place of fear, not love. And you go, everything else is wrong, except this bubble I'm in, or this yeah. Facebook group I'm in, or this whatever. And that is but just, that's, that's, that's not, terrifying. That's really not new either though. No, not that's, new. That's not at human all, but, nature I mean, on a social for all media, time, it's just my bubble is going to be my tribe or my County or my, state or my country or my religion or my race or whatever. Like you pick a lane and like, sure, this is where I'm going to plant this flag and we're all going to die by it. Damn it. You know, like, yeah. And then there's the people like us and like the dead that have decided to bypass all that and say, no, there's great people. Yeah, exactly. Human. (laughs) In history, there are crossroads in history where you can take the right path and they're going to come again. And people, you know, Keezy told me the first time that he and I met and I, I said to him, Man, how 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 do you tell who everybody is? It's so crazy. He said, if they're polite, if they're yeah. polite. And now That's people true. are getting so rude. I've never seen a level of rudeness like there is in this country now. It used to be people had patience. You can feel it on the highways when you drive. Oh, Man, people are getting yeah. shot here. My wife just told me about these two dudes that pulled over and shot at each other. And both of them had their daughters in their car. Yeah. They, they don't care. They go, yeah, man, what the f- dude? Yeah, nobody what? cares. <laughs> what? It's madness. What and, did you and, just and, show your children? Like, wow. Yeah. It keeps breaking down. And there's some people think that other people are pushovers. No one's a pushover. No oh, one's going to give their life up and their country and their home up without <laughs> a fuck. I'll tell you yeah. that. And that's right. trouble when you start thinking, good people have to start thinking like that. Because I'm tired of the bullies, tired of bullies. I never liked them. Me neither. Uh, yeah, man. There were times when you have <clears throat> buddy in a schoolyard and you, you know, you get humiliated or you learn to take care of it. But the thing is that a bully, I always noticed if you stood up to a bully, all of a sudden there was no bully. But it's hard when the bully's an institution. Yes. When, when an economic hey, I, system it can bully you or Wall Street can bully you or a, a corporation that's so big that it can literally bully you. Like the employees, the Twitter employees are getting bullied. Amazon yeah. employees are getting bullied. Walmart employees are getting bullied. Like it's it's a it's like next level bullying, you know. It's, it's, so, you know, uh, they're going to use AI to bully us yeah, and, gotta, and mechanical dogs. Algorithms you know, bully like, you. It's yeah. going to be like Terminator, man. I swear to God, we're going to we're living the plot of Terminator. Well, not only that, look at uh, history repeats itself everywhere right now. man. The Ukraine, 
times have wars started in that area? World War One, World War Two. What if people never learn about something? No. And, and I know, right in the same spot. There is a disgrace. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Yeah, it so really is. It, it means that people are going to have to fight again. There's going to be yeah. a lot of problems for a couple of years. It's going to be what's yeah. going to happen is we have to get through another bunch of wars to get to the Aquarian uh, age, which is a time of a thousand years of peace and prosperity, yeah. enlightenment again. Yeah. Look, and education after come Education. Back. I, I think the war, if we could wage it in, if we could put all our eggs even in one basket, for me, it would be education. And for this reason, because it's so much easier to educate yourself with the internet. It's like MK Ultra when they gave acid to everybody, you know, they fucked around and gave it to Kesey. And the internet, yeah, and AI and all that can be used against us, but we can also use it. Watching the rate at which my children learn is staggering. Me and my wife are like, what the hell is going on? They learn so fast because of the internet. Sure. Now it's a double-edged sword for sure. But the way they perpetuate this thing, you notice both sides let education go by the wayside. Because if people well, are not educated, well, it's easier sir, to keep them fighting against each other. Excuse me, sir. I'd like to correct you on something. Reagan started this war on drugs, big time. So everything Absolutely. then, he got America so scared. You see, fear, fear, fear is how they, they do that to people. So then everybody was nuts. Oh, my God, crack cocaine's going to be, every kid's going to have it. And so they went on a war on drugs, right? And I can tell you the whole history of how that went there. But yeah, that, Iran Contra, they were actually <laughs> dealing the crack in the hood. They just started <laughs> building prisons. They never thought of building schools. Never. You see a, a thing of schools. Never. Yeah, it's but all prisons because that's what they wanted. It's just but like Clinton continued that. You can't. We can't just lay that on the Republicans. Like when we have control and we have majorities and super majorities, oh, me, sir, do you know what they get fixed? Wrong about that because what um, it was George Bush's family that started the idea of private prisons, and they yeah. have to have workers in there, so they have I to know. feed system and that is prisons for money prisons for money check it out O'Teal. i don't mean i'm to not yell, saying i'm not saying they didn't start it i start that they didn't i'm start not that. saying they did that they started it i'm saying why didn't they, they discontinue it when they had the super majorities drugs should not should be okay they didn't vote for the omnibus drug bill that changed everything in the omnibus drug bill everything in there and in the patriot act everything is in there to take away from us I know, but so both Democrats, sides voted on that voting right. Right, it was the Democrats. A couple of them would vote, but you, you then all your people in town think, oh, he's going to let drugs in all our schools. Yeah, but like, for, you know, let's not oh, forget, going to be legal. Biden still, was the, Biden was the one that wrote the omnibus drug. I know bill. he was the most anti marijuana person ever. I never expected him to do what he just did, but you see, um, he realized something that they just, they never were allowed to study marijuana. And now because yeah. of the legalization in the States, universities are studying it. A, a report came out the other day, O'Teal. I've been smoking since 1965, I was 15 years old. And every day, all day long. And I'm telling you, I put my brain up against anybody's and now they proved to me, they said it prevents dementia. It yep. keeps your, your brain remembering things, not losing them. Because they the don't even know where memory yeah. comes from and how we pull it out. 
Yeah. It is an amazing medicine also. It's a gift. It was in the Bible. It's, it's so silly when you make, when governments make bad laws and they right. stop the people. Look at I'm just right saying now. that that's because of the money that the pharmaceutical industry knew. They were like, man, this thing is good for everything. <laughs> we're going to well, not make a lot of money. We have all this stuff that we want to sell you for this. And this gives you these side effects. And we got a pill for that. And then that has five more side effects. And we got five more pills for that. Or they could just like give you cannabis and like just take a whole bunch of them and sweep them into the trash at, all at once. You know, it's just money. It's always money making people no yeah. matter what, sell out, you know. It is. We're stuck with this aggressive capitalism until it changes. and that's Until the education, work. until people's mindsets change. Because once they see, if you teach a person to think critically and you teach them some history and show them like a cycle that repeats, right? And then they can zoom out and look at the big picture. My son does it at seven. You know? He doesn't have to deal with Taiwan and, and China wanting that island back. They've wanted it back since 1948. Oh, we, yeah. We, there was a man called Shek who took all the nationalist yep. troops to China and took that island. They want it back, yep. and they're not stopping. This yep. is what started wars all the time. Yep. This is what started Hitler and his Liebenstrom, he called it. Real estate. With- I need room. I need states around me. It's the same thing. That's with so Putin. What- same thing with Putin and the, the Ukraine, you know, the NATO expansion. You know, he said, you weren't going to come in. You know, I was wanted that breathing room. But he's, he's, he's full of crap. They had to defend themselves because he was taking the Crimea and all these other places. Exactly. It's always real estate. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> but I it's think I do. Cool. That's why my, my one hope, passionate people like you and me and Mike and the Internet. This Internet is a game changer. People, they right. know I can go on YouTube and build a car like I can. I can go on YouTube and do anything. I've learned so much of it every day. I'm learning something on YouTube. You know, that's what we're <laughs> trying to do here with this. Get ed- people well, yeah. ed- educate yourselves. There's a lot of stuff you can get on there that has a perverted view of life. Well, that's where the sure. critical thinking comes in. You got to test exactly. stuff out, fact check, ask some exactly. other people, ask an expert. See, because the one thing I always see on YouTube is like, I read something and then I go, okay, now this guy thinks that's bullshit. All right, so now they're rebutting each other. Okay, the, I do that with my own thing. People think I'm a contrarian. I'm like, if I believe something, let me try the exact opposite opinion. I'm the I'm the prosecutor. Okay, let me play defender. I'm the defender. Let me play prosecutor just to see if what I believe holds up. I'm just testing it. I'm poking it. I'm prodding it. You know, and it that's the only way I'm going to know. So if you could teach people to think critically, you could get through. I mean, I watched UFO podcasts and paranormal stuff. Boy, you talk about to sift through some bullshit. because there's something to all that you see we don't yeah but then there's presidents and astronauts and generals and f-18 pilots and all these people that are legit right well you know we we create our own universe we create the universe for what we all believe that's what colonel bruce used to say different but there's something there it's always been there it used to come and jerry would always say well look people in the in the middle ages they saw brownies and 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 spooks of different kinds now we see yeah. these people 
They're the same looking things. They're basically the same. It's in the human element. It's something to do with where we all came from or something. We don't know. Right. Yeah. It starts when you're a kid and you're laying out in a field. To me, one day I looked up at the sky and I couldn't stop staring at it, wondering where it ended. And it doesn't end. It's infinity. And it comes yes. right back in through us, you see. And each yes. one of us is stardust. And and so my next book is Stardust to Dark Star because that's what <laughs> my life has been. Yeah. Well, you said earlier, you believe in that deep, you believe in that deep magic. That's what you said earlier. And that's what you think about it, Mike, you know, wars, whenever there's been wars in history, right after the war, there's a baby boom because the guys come home that are left and they want to make children again and they want to live life. And then those are the souls of all the guys that were killed. Wow. It happens every situation. Yeah. Wow. Our souls are all the same. Uh, which Strom Sermon might end up, he might be a black kid growing up in Detroit right now. Oh, for sure he is. <laughs> and see how that, the next generation always changes and progresses <laughs> moving forward, and that's them I'm fixing what they couldn't. Girl chasing rock and roll bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I think is really mystical? I think well, curiosity is mystical. And I've noticed one thing about so many people that I love, like my brother or any of the artists that have just mesmerized me, you, Mike, um, they're curious. And if you're curious, you know, one of the things you're going to be curious was like, how did this stuff get so messed up like this? So you inevitably get curious about history. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. you're curious about the history of music or the history of comedy. And then you learn that in the context of the history that they grew up in. And that gets you into history or like Mike got into history because of Bob Dylan. Right. You know, I Literally. got into history because yeah. we were being black and history was beating your ass. Yeah. So you better yeah. figure out where the blows are coming from and why. And, you know, like you didn't have any choice but to learn some history or just be a part of that cycle of it where you just destroy yourself real quick. And that wasn't an option, but that curiosity, if we could foster that sense of curiosity, which I think is a mystical thing and we could use this mystical power that is running us. That's keeping us curious and energized when we should be tired. Then that could spread. It's just like a vibration, just like music spreads. And hopefully the internet will speed that up. As it speeds up well, all the horrible leaders. shit. And right. that's us, so, man. We got to step up. Like you said, somebody just has to step up and tackle that guy. Right. We have to stand up. It's our turn to stand up now. And and we got to be the Ben Franklins because think about Franklin and, and the thing I was <laughs> telling you, he was able to get the Southerners to understand, oh, wait a minute. There are people that enslave white people on this planet. Yes. Yes. It's day. And so when you don't put your shoes in another man, you can't walk a mile in another man's shoes. You'll never understand people. You think yeah, people, people are, have these blinders on. They live in these bubbles. <clears throat> you know how many white slaves are in America right now? Right yeah. now. How right. many Eastern European girls are stuck in some massage parlor with no green card, no papers of any kind. They no probably help. got flew over here on a private plane with some Jeffrey Epstein types. They have nothing. They're literally sex slaves, blonde, white, all over. 
Atlanta, Charlotte, New York, LA, pick a city, everywhere. All over the and world. We talk about like, all the, the, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Nobody talks about the little boys. The Arabs, well, like the, those rich, those super, not well, all of them, but the little rich, super 1.001% vampire people, they like young blonde boys. Well, start tracing back into the <laughs> church and you'll see an amazing thing of perversion there. An amazing amount of perversion. And I can... I, Boy, I, you know, let, when you forbid people from having sex, it's like that balloon's going to come out on the other side. Like, come on. <laughs> I've never had a Catholic in my life that didn't have a story to tell me about some improper behavior. Man, my dad oh, was raised Catholic. He was... Like that, they were the political thing for years and years. They're the reason yep. that our country was made as a freedom of religion because they didn't yep. want to have it that way. We have Bill so Summers on the podcast. Do whatever you want with religion here. Yeah. Bill Summers was telling us uh, you had to get permission from the Catholic Church to own slaves here. You could just go own them. Yeah. Right. You well, had to get just, permission from the Pope to own let's slaves. Talk about the, in California, what they did to the Indians here. Yeah. Or anywhere in the world. Oh, they're lazy. Why do they, they don't have to do what they don't want to grind your corn and they don't want to do your work. <laughs> they want to grind their own. They want to do their own work and get the fruits of their own labor. <laughs> they have their own world. Yeah. It, it's that thing of when, but that's the way it is, you know, and it is. That's the way it is. I just wish they'd let black people have some casinos. <laughs> uh, you know you guys would have loaded dice and shit Forget it. hey what's all right for everybody else when well, we can't do it <laughs> oh stagger lee would come out everywhere man. come on the house always wins why can't we do it why can't we do it right there that people don't understand that when you got your neck uh, your foot on somebody's neck they don't get the chance generation after generation like that those, yeah. those black people I think he's in Florida. They just got awarded this amazing piece of property that was taken yeah. from them. Because they you bought it at the right time. And they what, my ancestors own my great, great, great. There's a statue of him in Key West. Man, all that part he owns is worth billions. There's a park that. named after him in Key West, Florida, Nelson English <laughs> Park. You can, wow. I went to it with my kids. How about I held Lester's? Nigel up to that statue, and they had to leave because they were well off. They were they came from free blacks from the beginning, and they were well off, and they just had to leave their land because it was like either I'm gonna have to kill this guy, or I gotta leave because I'm black. And he looked white to me, but he was black, and he just left all his land behind. Jeez. I mean, billions of dollars, all that. You see a statue of it. So, you know, yeah. Well, well, it, that casino, Jack. <laughs> the slave owners would breed their own children and put them into slavery. I mean, yeah. it's insane. And, and when you see, you know, yeah. people's skin and a, a guy can be white is white. And then he's going to have to be known as black because he my had grand, one, my grandmother. Or one yeah. And they had. You know, in, in Louisiana, I, I always remember it blew my mind when they'd have signs, Octoroon, and they had every yep. type, High Yeller, you know, they had every yep. name for every color skin. They weren't letting you get away with nothing. It's the it's same like thing. A system. The question they asked you was, what, what religion was your grandmother? And they, they were going back a couple of generations to wipe out what they <laughs> wipe out. What was your grandmother? She's like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> 
We didn't speak the. I never learned the old the old mother tongue. <laughs> but doesn't it have oh, to man. boil down to whether or not you're operating from a place of love or a place That's of fear? All it is. It really isn't. It doesn't. It just come to that that it's like if you if you have. If you're coming from a place of love, if you're coming from a place of fear, because fear could be loss of money, loss of power, loss of what you thought was the truth. And now it's not status, whatever it may be. If you're coming from love, you're kind of like, well, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I can learn from this. Maybe I want to experience more. Maybe that, that curiosity thing, right? I know love and fear are two very high, you know, the list goes down from there, but I I don't know if you've got love in your heart, how are you going to through this period of one more horrible war type thing. And we're going to break through into a world of peace and understanding where there's going to be nothing because we're at the end of the line, brother. Right. We are. Yeah. The earth is, the earth is going like you guys are running out, man. You guys, it's like, Hey, you know, yeah. Settle your shit quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Tuck your pants into your socks. Yeah. We can go down and say all these platitudes, but when somebody comes over to you and he's wearing you know, a, a different shirt color than you, and he wants to punch you in the face, you're gonna have to make a decision. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Want to run and go around the corner and then drop a brick on him. I don't care. Whatever you do to get out of it, you know, but if you got an equal amount of force as he has, you have to use it. Right. And that's what comes down to the end of politics. That's the end of politics. Yes. Right. Right. And so we're very close to that right now. Yeah, thank so- God. I we need to so. be at the end of politics, man, because it's been the money it's just it's un you can't undo it it just has to implode on itself which it is <laughs> we can see these systems like it's this it's not working it's not working what bill walton posted that second to last well it was the one where he was telling the story about the dudes coming up in his backyard and on his front porch and i was just like he's like i've been living here for 43 years man and yeah. i don't this has turned into a it's nightmare. a movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a dystopian movie. And so I'm with you, Steve. People, let's rise up. Let's get together. Realize who the real enemy is. Please. You know, please, y'all. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for letting me blow my horn today. I just wanted to do a different show with you guys. Well, I think we did. And yeah, we, we did. Still- we can still do others now too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the first two and this one were perfect. Yeah. Steve. Well, there was good points in all of them. I just, we just, I just thought, Hey, you know, we got to go somewhere different now. Sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah and every hey, time you come back, we can. Sure. I know that now and free discussion is important. Uh, thanks for letting me, you know, get all that off my chest because I was thinking about oh, yeah don't understand where people are at if they're on a stage bobby always said to me he said you know when you're out there on that lip man it's not in this world or that it's in another place yeah. and people see you as a different thing they don't yeah. see all the issues they don't know all the stuff that got you to that spot you know yeah. and it's that way for everybody uh i'm gonna leave with this point jerry used to love all you know with plays that any kind of expression of arts. And if you ever read Eugene O'Neill and, and yep. he was an American playwright. Amazing. Say, yeah. And his last play long day's journey in the night is just like Jerry's life. Only it's twisted up in a jumbo. It's the same problems that happen to everybody in art. Yeah. You suffer. Yeah. 
You yeah. suffered on that stage. You suffer. I don't care who you are. You went to I made out of out of a, a plastic play uh, thing that you found somewhere. You were hungry. You know what it is to suffer, or your art is different. Mm. So that always came from everything. You know, we got to remember that we can always rebuild in a better way. Thank you for letting me preach. That's a amens all the way around, yeah. brother. <laughs> Anytime ever. It's always an honor. It's always an honor. Always, Before man. we let you go, can I ask you one thing? What's happening with Grizzly Peak? Can you can you share a little bit of news? Are you heading into new states? Well, yes, we are getting courted very heavily because we've been very successful with the branding of it. And we've held our own for where a lot of companies are dropping by the wayside. And it's really difficult. You have to move really slow because politics are involved in everything. You have now through the connections of our world that we have, we're we're moving into some other states. But uh, it's just in the very early stages. And and it's really good. It's going to be great. Good. And we're doing really good. California is a beautiful market and one of the best. And we we're up in the top of that. We're on the top of that pile. So that's good. a good, but it takes hard, hard work and knowing what you're doing. So many people, even in that world have so much misconstruct, misconstruct, uh, construe things and don't yeah. understand down before. And even how it all works. Yeah. Yeah. It's like international waters now, you know, like everyone's a grower, everyone's a edible maker, everyone. And it's like, no, you're not. They need to listen to them old heads. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to smoking and fucking making plans that you're never going to see through, you know? But people don't even know what seeds are. Some people don't even know what plants (laughs) are. They they don't even understand what what the plant in the natural state is. Right. There's so many confusing, confusing stuff about cannabinoids and how there's thousands of cannabinoids and they all do different things. It's a very complex plant and the government rules are so draconian on taxing. They're making it so hard for people to make a living and the stupidity of keeping schedule one makes it so it has to all be cash. So you're asking for people to come in and you're asking for their you know, you, you, every dispensary you go to, you see these giant safes with full of cash. And, and <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And people yeah, are that. Our so laws dumb. are so And and then all it takes is one of those bad stories to be magnified. And then other states are going to go, see, we don't want that in our state. So no, forget it. So it's like, you know, it's in this weird thing where one bad story can slide you back 10 steps progress. And that's the thing that sucks. Yeah. They can't stop this. So the voice of the people. Yes, sir. The Vox Populi in every state. When you see states like, uh, you know, North Dakota and South Dakota, even having it on the ballot. I thought Missouri. the long run. It should have yeah. passed Missouri. That's wow. a big deal. Missouri. Missouri. No, when North Dakota and South Dakota pass, and I'll know we got them all. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know the government growing places was in Mississippi. We used to smoke what we called uh, number yeah, 13. We... They had a field called 13. It was a really good weed because huh. that was what they always knew that it was needed as a medicine to certain people. And they gave people medicine for a long time. The government did. Anyway, let's let's do another show about that. I'll let you guys go. Yeah, <laughs> we love you, man. Love Thank you, Steve. So much, Steve. Thank you. We, uh, what is this going to be out? How does it go out to the public now? It goes on, on you. 
YouTube or YouTube or and 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 audio, audio podcast like players like Apple, Spotify, things like that. But when it comes out, which will be in September or December, I don't know. Um, okay. But okay. but we'll we'll send it to you and we'll tag you and all that crap so you can share it and see it and things like that. But we'll send you a a, a link for sure. Thanks, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Oh, we didn't even talk about Thanksgiving. Well, it'll uh, be out after Thanksgiving, so no biggie. Oh, yeah, this will be by Christmas. <laughs> I think we did our Thanksgiving recording in August. So, okay, good. <laughs> thank you so much, Steve. Love you, buddy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.